This is Better Begins Here, the podcast for people striving to become the best version of themselves possible, whether that's in work, life, or fitness. I'm Adam Crofts, the founder and CEO of Prevail. In this podcast series, I'm talking to athletes who are literally performing at the top of their game. I want to know, what is it that drives them? What gets them out of bed in the morning? And how do they deal with the knockbacks that inevitably come with performing at this level? I'm also hoping you'll take away key lessons from their experiences that you can use in your own life and training. In this episode, I'm talking to British artistic gymnast, Georgia May Fenton. I started when I was seven, which is actually quite late for a gymnast. Mainly, they're like two or three when they start, so I had to be fast-tracked. I can't wait for you to hear what Georgia has to say about getting into the right headspace for a sport that's so detail-orientated. I know that you'll find our chat valuable. It's been incredible to see Georgia in action in the Prevail kit and learn from her along the way. So we've been working with you for what, around a month or so now with, yeah. with Prevail, wearing our sports crops. How have yeah. you found them so far? I love them. They're so comfortable, like stylish as well. And it's really great to get some insight into our training. We've never really been able to track our like heart rate, our calories or anything really, because we've always had to have something bulky on, which doesn't really work with gymnastics. Doing all the somersaults and stuff, it's a bit more dangerous, but where it's fitted straight into the sports bra makes it so much easier. And we're able to learn so much more about our training. Yeah, I think from our point of view, it's the most exciting situation we've, we've seen that clothing, the bras especially, performing, like mid-air yeah. somersault. <laughs> no, it is pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you mentioned like you, you've used devices and stuff today in your training. What sort of stuff have you had experience with? So we mainly just use like a heart rate monitor on like the bike or if we was going for a run, but it was always difficult to do somersaults with it and just general training. But now able to wear it whilst we're doing gym, still look stylish and get more insight and also help improve our training and get all those extra 1%. Do you use a lot of other tech within gymnastics? I'm guessing there's a lot of outside of what's going on in the body, like video analysis? And... Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, we have our coaches on our site 24-7 telling us what we did right, what we did wrong as such, or what we can improve on. Um, but I always love to video my work. Everyone learns and learns like a little bit differently. I like to video my work and see it for myself, as well as having the coaches input. But that's pretty much the main things that we use. That feels like one of the easiest ways, visually, I suppose, that you can see yourself... Yes, because sometimes like you can't feel what you're doing wrong as such. Like the coach can explain it to you, but it's quite difficult for you to feel it in your own body. Um, so if you can see like if your head's stuck out or if your legs bent, then you're able to fix it a little bit easier. Because I'm guessing there's such minute, small improvements that you have to work like you have to be, be aware of right a millimeter to the left or right, and things could go wrong. And... Yeah, definitely. Like within like a millisecond something could change you could get injured so you have to be like so on it all the time and that's why our coaches are so on it because it is a very dangerous sport and it only takes like the click of a finger for something to go wrong i think it's fascinating obviously we see you go out and perform like incredible feats and it must be like one of the most multidisciplinary kind of facets of fitness mm -hmm. and sports performance that you could you could ever have really pulled into one performance what's like the typical week in season potentially like of of an elite gymnast? I personally train six days a week. We'd normally do between four to eight hours a day, just practicing our routines over and over again. So when we go out to the competition, it's just like autopilot. You're not having to think, you just 
able to do it because you could be dealing with jet lag, the equipment's not exactly what you want, you're more tired, little injuries, and you sort of need to be able to do the routines in the moment, no matter what's going on. So it's mainly just practicing all of our routines, but also building up our stamina for our floor routines and bar routines, for example. That's always the hardest on the stamina-wise. Strength, to be able to do our big tumbles. I do two strength sessions a week, mainly for my legs, just to get a bit more power. I'm not naturally very powerful, so I've had to work really, really hard on that. And as I've got a bit older and matured a bit more, it's come a little bit more naturally to me. But we do lots of general body weight conditioning throughout our training sessions every day. Lots and lots goes into it, even ballet, choreography work. Like everything. Who kind of decides routines that you're going to eventually compete with? Like how far ahead do you have to think about, okay, this is, do you think of like an end routine that you want to to do and then break it down and train for each area of it? So when you're little, um, you sort of learn all the base skills and it's then just adapting those skills a little bit more. Every skill has like um, a start value as such. So rated from A to, I think the highest is maybe a J. So A is 0.1 and B.2 and it goes on so like that. And you want to try and get the highest start value. So you work on all the hardest skills to make a routine, but it's not always that simple because you can't always put them together. You have to adapt a lot of the time. Um, Sounds very lot goes into it. Yeah, like you, it's mainly from young. You have like base routines and then as you get older, you learn a few more skills, put them together to try and get the best routine that you can. So the areas like in specific that you have to try and focus on to improve the end routine, like for example, do you have to like say, well, I need to focus on being a bit stronger, which will affect this part of the performance or? Yes, definitely. And once you get like your highest start value, which is the hardest part, getting all the skills together, it's then working on the stamina to be able to do them consecutively back to back, then working on all the finer details. Cause we're one of the only sports that you get points taken away from you so we have like an execution score and if your legs bent you get deduction if they don't like the way you dance you get a deduction so you want to try and minimize that so all those little details straight those legs pointed toes arms in the correct positions it's a very nitty gritty sport and obviously you want to get the least amount of deductions to get the best score so and i guess in those the bit those small details are what you don't need to be thinking about when you're performing yes definitely that's why you want to do as much in the training so it just becomes natural to you and you're not having to think about it it just happens and goes with the flow but it's not always that easy (laughs) that's so frustrating right if you've just done a triple somersault or whatever you've done but you've put your left toe out of place you like do you not see yeah. what i just did <laughs> no literally though like whatever you do you're going to get deducted on even if you felt like you did a perfect routine to the judges it's yeah. definitely not like obviously the perfect 10 was a really big thing but for now it's so difficult to get a perfect score it's literally impossible well, something good to strive towards i'm guessing yes definitely that's what we're all striving towards yeah. So I suppose, how do you like measure week on week out, month on month out, leading up to competition? How do you like, with so much going on, how do you measure progression? How do you like ensure that you are getting better in certain areas, whether it's strength or it's timing? How, how do you measure that? Uh, when we're sort of out of competition prep, which, well, competition prep's about eight weeks long or so. So you start putting together like quarter routines, then after two weeks, half routines, and then the next two weeks, you'll start putting together four routines. The first sort of time you're doing your four routines it's like a nightmare you're falling all over the place making mistakes but it's just 
getting through that part, which is the hardest bit, and then the stamina like naturally comes. Yeah. But when we do have competition prep, the strength stuff we kind of have to put to the side because it is so intense and so much impact on our body, then doing strength sessions alongside that twice a week, yeah. it kind of breaks it down a little bit too much. So when we're off competition prep, that's when we really get in the stamina, the conditioning, all the strength work and like our ballet, dance, choreography. So then when you do go into the comp prep, it's kind of like just putting the routines together yeah. to make it a bit easier. It's so cool to like see how fit you are compared to athletes from other sports, right? Because yeah. like, even like aerobically and like you talk about stamina, that's got to be at such a high level so that that's not an issue during during performance, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like if you're fit enough to do the routines, it's a lot easier, obviously. But sometimes if you've had like a bit of a bad comp prep or you've had injuries in between, it does make it difficult to get all the stamina up. Sometimes you go to comp and you're like, you're so out of breath yeah. when you finish your routine. But you always want to make sure you're not so you can perform to your best rather than think, oh my God, I just need to try and get through knowing you haven't done enough in the comp prep. And is it like the best way to get fit for a comp, do you think purely by doing the routines or is it like an emphasis on the aerobic, the anaerobic work, the stamina work outside of training? Um, you would like to do all of that part before the comp prep starts, but once it starts, you obviously build up more stamina as you go along. And But it's mainly just being able to do the skills consecutively without falling off. What does it feel like after a performance like that? Like, say, for example, I mean, we'll talk about some of your career highlights, of which there's been, been many. Yeah. <laughs> but how, like, how much strain gets put on the actual body? And what, what, what's the feeling like after? Uh, the prep camp is always hard. Like, there's lots of tears, blood, like our hands will be ripping apart, like niggles, injuries all going on. But it's just part of the process, and we learn that from when we're, like, nine ten years old so like you do get used to it it doesn't get easier yeah for sure but you've been doing that since super young right? yes yeah, I, so I started so. when I was seven which is actually quite late for a gymnast mainly they're like two or three when they start so I had to be fast-tracked wow. uh, within my first year to try and learn all the skills because the more you learn when you're younger the easier it is as you get older you're not having to like keep building and building and building yeah. so that so. is quite a take a step out it's quite a late start isn't it like you said yeah. to gymnastics and yeah how, how did you get into it then well I was always like running around doing cartwheels at home somersaults my mum was like oh my god my child is crazy <laughs> like what is she doing I was like climbing up lampposts we have this um like wall outside our house and I used to walk along it like it was a beam not even knowing really what gymnastics was and my mum took me to a gymnastics class when I was five and all I did was cry I didn't want to leave her I was a very very shy child and my mum was like right this is it we're not taking you back again then I got a leaflet come through at school after watching the 2008 Olympics wow. I saw Nastia Lukin who's my favorite gymnast now she won gold and I wanted to be just like her I was like mom I've got this leaflet I really want to go to gym and she was like if you cry then you're not going back and I was like okay no crying here, got to try really hard and just stuck with it ever since. Wow. So your mum just basically thought, you're on walls anyway, if you can just surround me by some mats, everyone's yeah. going to be happier. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't ever think it was going to get to this stage. Obviously, we just did it for fun and I enjoyed it so much. I obviously had goals that I wanted to achieve, but still, I haven't achieved all of them. But looking back at what I have achieved, it is still quite mind-blowing because not many will make it to this point. Yeah. So, yeah, super proud. <laughs> like, say, fast tracks as well. Because uh, it gets serious quick, right? So you started at seven. How fast did it get serious? And how fast, how quick was it until you thought, actually, I'm in? 
Well, you tend to make, like, the GB squad at, like, nine, ten years old. So you'll sort of be, like, scouted, like, doing national competitions. The top ten will get put in. It has changed a little bit now. They're trying to make it a little bit older before you get into the GB team. But I started when I was seven. By the time I was eight, I was already doing, like, 24 hours a week. Wow, eight years old. Yeah, so intense really quickly. What was that like? I just loved it. Uh, the more time I was in the gym, the better, to be honest. I was always learning new things, which was super, super exciting. I think gymnastics never gets boring because there's always something more to work on or a new skill to learn. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, yeah. for someone that age to be that committed to me, it's pretty incredible. Like, yeah. I've got a seven-year-old boy. If I can get him to play 10 minutes of rugby on a Sunday, it's, <laughs> it's a massive achievement. <laughs> no, a lot of dedication and commitment has to go into it. Even if you have, like, two days off or so, you can start losing your muscle memory. So we tend to not have any time off. I haven't had a holiday since I started. Wow. Just been going and going and going ever since. So when COVID hit, it was, like, kind of crazy. But Did it feel intense at that age? Did it feel like if you had a couple of days off, you were losing out or were you aware um, of that then or was it just enjoyment just enjoyment really as you get older and the body starts to change it is a lot harder and you have to like watch yourself a little bit more um just because of the body change but when you're little it yeah. doesn't really make a difference Did it, was there like sacrifices at a young age then you had to make in terms of like committing to gymnastics did um, it affect school friendships or yeah so i never went to like any like parties or after school things because i was always at the gym but i never even wanted to you don't get too much time in the sport it's quite like short-lived so my motto has always been to just give it all i've got now and i could do all those things after where i can't go back to being like this yeah. age and this fit in the sport now um but i used to come out of school when i was eight even a couple of days a week to go to training early when i went to secondary school i went maybe one and a half days a week maximum because i was just training all the time but i still kept up with all my gcses and stuff which is still really important yeah. you got to have something for after gymnastics as well because as I said, it is quite short-lived, so yeah. you need to be prepared for everything. <laughs> what do you think about the age people get serious in gymnastics? Do you think it's too early? Do you think, from your experience, it's about the right age? Um, I would say it is about the right age. It's a lot easier when you're younger right. and you are sort of less matured, but we are managing to sort of stay in the sport a little bit longer. Um, by the time you was like 16 to 18, you was like finished, where we are sort of going on to like 24, 25 now. But yeah, it's quite short. Quite short. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty massive aspirations from getting into a sport so quick. Was you surrounded by other, I said, obviously you said you had your idols. Yeah. I mean, you must have been surrounded by some pretty cool athletes that were influencing you to stay involved and show you what could be done at that age. Yeah, as soon as I made the GB team, um, everything started becoming more like realistic and I was training with lots and lots of good girls all over the country. Um, normally in your home gym, because it is such a difficult sport, not many people will end up making it like past 16. So being able to go to the National Centre and train with all the top girls was like so exciting, so yeah. amazing, because you tend to have like one or two in your club that are at the top level where the rest are sort of doing it more for fun. So yeah. 
That sounds pretty exciting time to be in. I yeah. mean, that, that first time you got, you got selected for GB, that must have been incredible. That was my first ever like, biggest goal that I wanted to achieve. And I got into the GB team when I was 11. 11. Which, yeah. But even that was still quite late compared to some of my teammates now. They were in squad when they were like nine. And I'm so like, grateful for it because I wouldn't have been able to have done anything else with my career if I hadn't made the GB team at that time and when I got my jacket I don't think I took it off I probably like slept in it same as the leotards <laughs> I'd wear the leotards every day I was always doing like gymnastics at home even at that age because it was just so so exciting is it competitive at that even at that age in terms yeah. of because there's only so many spots right for per team yeah it tends to be like five spots in a team and there could be 10 to 15 girls in the GB squad so it is very very competitive you don't start doing international competitions till you're about 12 13 or so but still you need to be the best to get selected so because um, obviously like you say you learn all so many like motor skills and so many of the fine skills when you go at what stage do you kind of choose a route that you want to go down in, in like a certain discipline or Mainly from the coaches at first, they'll sort of come up with the best plan for your routines. Um, as you get a little bit older, learn more about yourself, the body, gymnastics in general, you'll have a little bit more of an input, like I'd like to try this skill, it's worth this much, this could work for me. But obviously when you're younger, it's mainly coach driven. You just want to do the craziest thing and yeah, <laughs> hopefully you, they agree. Yeah, literally, you just want to do your routines and if your coach says you do these skills, you just want to do them anyway, so yeah. Obviously, like uneven bars is one of the biggest. Yeah, so every body type, every person prefers certain pieces of apparatus. We have to do all four as a female. The men do all six, but you'll always have one or two pieces that is better than the others. Where I was quite weak um, when I was little and I had lots and lots of injuries, I was mainly on the bars a lot because I was injured, so I didn't do much floor or vault, which yeah. is why I was so much further behind everyone else. But because I was spending so much time on bars, that's how I managed to sort of overtake them on that part. So what was like the first big career moment? There's obviously been a good few, but in your, in your mind, what was like one of the, the first big moments? Um, apart from being selected for the GB team, I'd say my first world championships, it was the first major competition I got selected for. Uh, I was super, super excited to go there, and I also managed to get a skill named after me. Which Heard is, about this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. So me and this other gymnast from Belgium, she's the current Olympic champion on uneven bars now, we came up with an original skill, and we was the first people in the world to do it. And if you do it successfully, it gets named after you, and that will stay in the code of points forever. So a lot of gymnasts aspire to have their own skill, that's, um, a, that's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's, tell us more about what the skill was and, and what do they call it? If I explain it, then it's not going to... You might be like, what? But it's a stole Katchev. So I start in a handstand, I drop down, I straddle, and then I fly over the bar. But normally you catch the bar with your hands like this. Instead, I catch with my hands crossed over and do like a half turn. Wow. So that is the skill, and that's named after me and her. What do they call it? So it's like the Derwell Fenton, or the Fenton Derwell, depending on who's saying are. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> did you have some input into creating that move then? Where did it come from? So Beth Tweddle has a skill named after her as well. She does the same thing, but she puts her toes on the bar, 
and then flies over and catches it like this, where I put my legs sort of behind me in like a straddle position. So it's like a different entry and then do the cross hand, mainly because I found that entry worked well for me. Yeah. I used to find it really easy. We didn't even really know that nobody had done it before. And I sort of just put it out on Instagram and like all the gym fans were like, wow, there's this original skill. And I was like, oh, oh my God, like I could actually get this named after me. And the other girl had put hers on Instagram not very long after I'd done mine as well. And we was like, okay, this is really cool. And normally if two people do the same skill, they won't name it after anyone. They'll just call it like a stole to catch of half. Yeah. But Luckily for our world championships, they named it after both of us, which is really cool. That's a legacy right there, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> As to the Belgian athlete, did you both know that each other had this the move nailed? Or no, we no? didn't know at all. We just obviously both put it on Instagram. We're like, oh, okay, like we're both doing the same thing. But then I think we thought, oh, it's probably not going to get named after us. But I found the skill pretty easy at the time anyway. So we just kept it into the routine and went out to the worlds and done it there, did it successfully and got it named after me. Yeah, that's so cool. You must be, th you're not in the back of your head thinking, what can I do next? What else can I get named after? Oh me? yes, I'd <laughs> love to have another skill uh, named after me, but gymnastics is like changing so much. The skills are getting so much harder. It's quite hard to now come up with an original skill. Yeah, it's crazy what to think like the level of gymnastics is at now. I mean, yeah. Even, even like compared to some other sports, I suppose like freestyle, like mm -hmm. skiing, snowboarding, things people are doing now is ridiculous. Right? Imagine hard to think what gymnastics could be in another ten years, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. Like it's evolved so much, but again, that's all with the uh, knowledge, the technology, everything helping us get along. The equipment's got so much better. Like the floors are bouncier, the vault table is springier, so we can do more and more and more. So exciting. Yeah. So I suppose that was obviously an awesome moment. Was that 2017? Yeah. And then I suppose the year after was a huge year as well, right? Was it the Commonwealth? Uh, yeah, Commonwealth Games, probably my favourite competition ever. Best experience. I mean, we was in Australia, the Gold Coast, which wow. was a pretty big bonus. Yeah. Um, and we went out there. We was a very young team, so we just wanted to go out and have fun. Didn't really have any expectations but managed to come away with two medals. It was pretty good. So cool. <laughs> that must have been like the real like realisation of the seven-year-old year. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that was like my first major medal. So it was a bit surreal at the time. I, I kind of just was like, oh, I'm just doing my routine the best I can. But so before I went up there, I was like, all right, I really want to get this gold medal and I'm going to do a good routine no matter what and ended up doing it. And that's incredible. I mean, what, what was the prep like to that moment then? I mean, you said you didn't feel too pressured going into it, but yeah. obviously so much at stake. Yeah. What was, what was the prep like? How did you get in the right headspace for that? Being in the right headspace is such a big thing for gymnastics because obviously you have one turn mm. in that one moment to do your best routine. So you've got to be on it, confident, which is going to help you get through. As soon as there's a little bit of doubt, it's then so much harder to get through a routine successfully. But where there was no pressure on us, we was just young, literally going out, almost being tested to see how we would do. We all managed to just go out there and just have a good time. And that was great for our headspace. And we ended up doing really, really well. I mean, you said, like, you have to have no doubt. I suppose it's natural. Do you get little moments of doubt and feel, yeah. the, feel the atmosphere? And how do you kind of negate that in your own head? It can be quite difficult at times. For example, if you've had, like, a bad 
build up, your comp prep's not to- gone too great, there will be a lot more doubt there. But every time I've doubted myself, I've ended up making a mistake. So mental training, we try to focus on a lot to try and be in the best headspace in the moment because even if our prep hasn't gone too well, but like you're on it and you're in a really good frame of mind, you can still make the routine. Yeah. So, yeah. What does that on it feeling feel like? Is it a happy place? Is it calm? Um, You're normally pretty calm and you're not worrying about a certain skill in particular. You're just like, oh, let's see how good we can do the routine rather than, oh my God, can we get through this routine? So many highlights in such a short amount of time. I suppose you had to deal with a few knockbacks yeah. along the way, probably more than most at a young age as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, you had a few injuries along the way. Yeah. Was it when there's a foot injury? Was it broke your hand as well? Oh, I've had so, so many injuries. It comes just part of gymnastics. It is a dangerous sport. Like I said, yeah. as soon as like one milliseconds, you're not focusing, not concentrating, like you can hurt yourself. Um, I've crushed my heel bone, I've, my hamstrings nearly came off the bone, I've had a bursa on my pelvis, broken multiple fingers, my hand, elbow, ligaments in my ankle. Lots That's an incredible list. <laughs> yeah, just... lots and lots of injuries as well as like growing, growing pains. Like I've had all the growing pains in my knees, my heels, everything. But it is just part of it. We've sort of signed up for it. Yeah. We have a great medical staff that help us get through all the injuries. And you always come back stronger mentally, physically. Like, you always learn more from the mistakes and the down times rather than the, yeah. the good times. So, so how, do, how do you kind of stay focused after those injuries? I don't really find it hard at all because I'm just so excited to try and get back into my training again. Because you go from training so much, suddenly not at all. You just want to make the process a lot quicker. And especially when you've had a big injury, just little steps always motivates you a little bit more. Like, oh, now I'm walking better again. Oh, I can go back on the bars. And everything gets really, really exciting again. So, yeah. What's the worst knock you've had then? A way scary knock you've had? Um, scary, probably the beginning of this year. I was learning a new move. Um, it was like a handspring double front on the floor. And I took off and it felt a little bit wrong and I tried to pull out of the somersault, but I landed like straight onto my neck. And it was a little bit scary, um, obviously, because that could have been like a really, really big injury. And I've seen lots and lots of people get seriously hurt from pulling out of skills. So we normally get told, even if it feels bad, you sort of just hold in because you're safer rather than like opening out in the air and getting lost and not knowing where you are. So still like to this day, when I do that skill, I get a little bit nervous. Um, Yeah. A lot of gymnasts get mental blocks. Normally, where you've hurt yourself doing a skill, you then get really scared to do it again, and like you physically and mentally just can't go for it. But again, that is another part of the process, and lots of gymnasts go through it, and you can always come out the other side. It's just a confidence for your brain because your body can do it. I think that's one of the differences that makes someone in your field like successful: the ability to block out mentally the, yeah. the danger side of it. Yeah, like, a lot of it is physical, but I'd say 90% of it is mental, mm. to be fair. Sounds so <laughs> bloody scary. Yeah. No, it is, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, like, mental maturity is, is incredible, like you say, being able to just focus, block out fear as well, going into the moves. Yeah. Um, I suppose you deal with that since young, right? Yeah. You, you... It's just learnt from when you're younger, obviously. When you're learning new skills, you make lots of mistakes, you'll hurt yourself on it, but we get taught how to fall, and the more times you get knocked down, you just get back up again. That's yeah. a natural thing as well. Um, we are pretty tough 
from a young age, but we have to be tough for the yeah. sport that we do. And I suppose then leading up to 2020, yeah. obviously into the reserve squad, I'm guessing that wasn't quite the, the ambition that you did have at that time. Yeah. What, I mean, what was that like at the time? Was there reasons in your head for it? How, how do you cope with that? Or? So um, 2020, I got really ill just sort of out of the blue. I went to a competition in Baku and that's when like COVID had just started coming out and stuff. And I was so, so ill. I was like bed bound for three weeks, couldn't even finish the competition. And then for the whole of 2020, I'd just been struggling a lot. I was feeling so tired, literally exhausted. Like everything was hurting. Yeah. I was sleeping for like 14 hours a day, still being tired. And we didn't really know what was going on, but I knew something was off because obviously we're so in tune with our bodies. I could just tell something wasn't right. Got like some blood tests and stuff and we figured out that I had like oxidative stress in my blood. I had had glandular fever at some point. So my body was on like an all time low, which was obviously very stressful going into now 2021, being the Olympic prep as I hadn't really trained for like the whole of the year because I was just finding it so difficult. So going into the competitions like our trial process I was really nervous because I hadn't had like the great eight-week comp prep I wanted yeah. but towards the end of it my competitions did start to go a little bit better but I do think that hindered me in performing my best at every single competition to make the team because obviously I can do what I do but the selectors need to pick the best team at, the, at that time obviously it's devastating nobody really wants to be the reserve but it's the job I had to do. I learned a lot about myself from it. When I was going into it, I was like, oh, I don't think I can do it. I don't want to be the reserve, I want to be in the team. I don't want to go to the camp. It's going to be so hard. But again, I've, I pushed myself to prove every single day how good I could be if I was in the team. And again, I learned a lot about myself, even going out there, still being able to work to the level the team's working, but not quite getting to compete. Even um, after a year off training and being yeah. as good as you are. Yeah. No, it's been like a difficult year. But again, you, I've learned so much more from this difficult year than if it was just plain sailing kind of thing. That's uh, super inspiring. It's obviously good kind of maturity again, leadership as well. And yeah. I suppose the fact you pulled yourself to a competing position after all of that as well is yeah. super, super impressive and exciting, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> what advice would you give to other athletes in a similar position when they're dark days, they're not competing, yeah. there's still big goals at the end. What advice would you give? Um, the first thing would be that you always learn more from the downtimes and you're always going to come out on the other side. It will be tough in that moment, but you've got to go through that tough patch to get through to the other side and you're going to become a stronger person mentally, physically from it. So just keep pushing, keep going. It will all get better in the end. <laughs> Amazing. And I suppose there's so much to so much to play for as well coming up, right? Upcoming plans for the next next few years is big year next year, Commonwealth. Yes, next year is very busy. We've got the Commonwealth, Europeans and the World Championships. Commonwealth and the world are both home country events which is amazing i did one europeans in glasgow and the crowd was crazy it was like such a good competition so i'd love to do both of them we do have the europeans and the commonwealth is quite close so there'll be like two different teams we won't be able to go to both i would be happy with either but i'd yeah. love to go to commonwealth again it's such a good competition there's a lot less pressure on this competition than like the Worlds or the Euros so it is a lot more enjoyable to just go out and have a good time and then obviously we've got 2024 
Paris, love to make that team. I've had a little taste of being yeah. a reserve and going out and doing all the hard work. So it'd be good to do all that hard work and actually be able to compete and show how well I can do. It's, it's amazing you keep saying about, obviously talking about big goals and these big world stages and massive events, but you keep speaking about you want to go and enjoy it. Yeah. It really stands out that. that yeah. Something? Enjoying it is so important. Like we put our bodies through so much. We put our our minds through so much that you don't want to get down on yourself because it's going to be hard to pick up every single day to go in and do the same thing. So you want to make it as enjoyable as possible. How far ahead are you thinking then? Are you thinking to the Olympics yet or is it, is it too soon? Or uh, No, we, as like gymnasts, we have to think that far ahead because we would like to start preparing for that now. Mm. You sort of want to get your base routines in place so it's easier for that year rather than having to learn more skills to then consolidate with less time, where if you can start that now, by the time you get there, it's going to be easier for you. So yeah. we definitely have to think years ahead. <laughs> Amazing. And are there areas, like, personally, you're, you're, like, thinking that you need to focus on trying to improve? And... Uh, yes, definitely. I've always been a bit weaker on floor and vault. So to make a team, I need to get a little bit stronger on that. My bars and my beam are pretty much up there. Just staying on the beam would be great, but that's always a little bit difficult <laughs> in competitions. But just improving myself as an all-arounder, because that's what our selectors like to see. When you go to a comp, if they can put you on any piece of apparatus, it's going to help the team. So, yeah. I suppose, obviously, hopefully, the smartware, tracking your recovery, making sure you're recovering, can hopefully help you with that along the way. Yes, definitely. Like All those 1% are going to add up so much and hopefully will help me make the team this time. Georgia, super excited to have you on board with Prevail. Really looking forward to working with you in the future. And yeah, amazing to see what comes of next year. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Better Begins Here. There are new episodes out every Wednesday. To make sure you hear the next episode as soon as it's out, follow this podcast on your podcast player. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. Stay up to date with everything that's going on at Prevail and how you can become part of our community to become the best version of yourself by following Prevail across all socials at Prevail, P-R-E-V-A-Y-L.